Linoleum knife. A podcast of the cinema. You want to knock over some ball bearings to, yeah, while you're you, at it? Don't you pay no mind to what I'm doing. Clunky noise with man. My, with my, listen, the T was right where it should be, but the receptacle for the tea bag uh, was uh, not. Oh, and then well I had then. to get the paper towels over here and I needed to use <laughs> the hook of my cane. <laughs> Just sort of gently drag them across the table. Hi, welcome to this podcast. You're Dave White. I'm Alonzo Duraldi. We're film critics, and this is our show. I've got it all together. Hey, clearly. I None could question. I mean, I do now. Great. Again, that's Alonzo Duraldi. My name's Dave White. Yeah. We are film critics. He yeah. writes for the film Verdict. It's true. Currently, I'm... Footloose and fancy free. You've got your hands writing full jobs with this uh, program and uh, and all of our Patreon shows. Sure, yeah. Um, where are we? Okay, so it is. Uh, it is currently Alonzo is out of town. You're listening to this, and he's out of town. Yes, we're, we're time traveling. It. Yeah, we're time traveling, and uh, what we wanted to do before he left town was a very special episode about Taylor Swift <laughs> and also about uh, uh, not one, not two, not three, but four queer films currently happening in cinemas and also quickly moving their way into the internet yes. so that you can watch all of them, either right now or on a streaming platform near you very soon. Right. But first. Yes. You and Christy. Yes. Bought actual tickets. You did not go to the exciting premiere. Yeah, not invited. You were not invited. Not invited. So Alonzo does another podcast called Breakfast All Day. It's a... It's a podcast, or is it also just a YouTube show? It's like, both. What, what it's, is it's it? Both. It's a. It it's is. Both. It is YouTube segments, but it also comes out as an audio podcast. You can, that, you can just listen, or you can watch them be cute. Well, thank you. Yeah, we try. So, um, yeah, neither of us were invited to the big shut down the Grove premiere of the Taylor Swift movie. For y'all who don't live here, the Grove is a very uh, popular touristy open air shopping mall. Yeah. In our part of town, like it's our neighborhood, very es- close, essentially, very close yeah. to us. Um, and I was looking at Amy's Instagram, Amy Nicholson, what was it like Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever night it I was? I forget. Amy Nicholson, uh, awesome film critic, yes, and uh, podcaster, and podcaster. Looking at Amy's uh feed, and the sign she posted said. Grove, closed. And I'm like, what happened? What's going on? And then I see her posting from the outside of the AMC, which is sort of like where I go to see basically everything that I need to go see if I haven't 
It's our neighborhood movie theater, pretty much. Kind of. I mean, if you don't count the landmark sunset. I mean, it's, it's not the closest, but it is the one that we right. frequent the most yeah. because we are A-list. We're, we're, we're A-list uh, stubs. We're stubbies. That's right. <laughs> we're the stubbies. And so she uh, posted, There's like they, they took the whole road. There's a road and a trolley car. It's like a really unpleasant Mr. Rogers neighborhood. <laughs> It's a, it's a Mr. Rogers neighborhood with a cheesecake factory and an esprit. Yeah. The uh every that whole thing is covered in red carpet. Yeah. And it is the Taylor Swift premiere. Yeah. So they carpeted the street, they carpeted the sidewalk and the curb, like everything. 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 Uh and then she just took a bunch of pictures from the place and inside the place, and they were giving out free guitar picks with her face on it. But yes. she didn't get hers from the from the table, she got hers from Flava Flav. Yes, <laughs> who was there? Oh, yeah. And then, uh, like, I guess she just walked up to him and said, "Hey, Flava Flav, I would like a guitar pick." And he just handed them out to people. I think um, he was distributing them. Actually, that's what it looked like from her photos. Beyonce was there. Yep. She apparently didn't stay for the movie, but she did pose for photos with Taylor. I think people were saying, well, as a way to sort of, you know, quash the beef, make not between the, them, but between the, wild, yeah. the Hive and the Swifties, apparently, the Swifties have been getting and the, and the testy online. Or, yeah, they, 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 they fight on the internet because... Can't we all get along? People don't have anything else to do Clearly. with their time. And uh, and Beyonce, of course, has announced that she's got her, she got her concert film coming up in December, too. so... Now, you're going to call me a hypocrite for what I'm about to say, and I actually don't care. I already have a ticket booked to see Killers of the Flower Moon, which is a good 40 minutes longer than this almost three-hour Taylor Swift concert film. Yes. I'll tell you what my deal is here. Number one, I have energy to do one giant epic event like that. All right. And and I figured out my situation at Oppenheimer with me and my goofy my goofy hip arthritis. I can go to a long, long movie as long as there are moments where I can get up, stand off to the side in the walkway area in where no I'm one's not, way. In nobody I'm in nobody's way. In fact, the audience thinks I've gone to the bathroom because I'm... You're I'm, just lurking on the side. I'm not visible. I'm lurking on the side. And that gives me a chance to move and stretch and, and then return to my seat. Wiggle. I cannot stand for very long. I cannot sit for very long. I do not advise getting arthritis in both of your hips at yes. any age. Really don't. Uh, because it's bad and it makes you be in pain all the time. Having said that, I got to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, sure, yeah. I'm a film critic, for God's sake. And... I will need to see it, you know, on a screen. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll review the movie when it comes out. But I saw it this week, and I will say this: it is coming to Apple TV Plus. But really, sometime probably in November. I'm gonna guess. See it for Thanksgiving week. Uh, probably. That's my guess. Yeah, like yeah. they 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 are doing you know sort of a somewhat token theatrical release as many streaming movies do. Um, before coming to uh, Apple TV Plus, but really, if if you can, because you have seen it, I have. I have. You think it is it is very much. Imp- if you can get, you to a should big see it on the big screen. Yeah, like Rodrigo, Rodrigo Prieto, who this year shot Killers of the Flower Moon and, and Barbie. Barbie, right? Yeah, <laughs> did uh, it, it's it's just gorgeous. So anyway, 
Uh, you're asking me, but Dave, if the Killers of the Flower Moon is three and a half and Taylor's uh, concert film is only two hours and 50 minutes, what's your GD problem? And the problem is for me... Allotment of resources. Yes. The other situation is this. I just don't care. <laughs> to be honest, I just don't care. I watched Miss Americana. Yes. And what it gave me was an appreciation of Taylor Smith, Smith, Taylor Swift, as a person and as an artist, uh, and as a cultural uh, phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon, and so that interests me. Yeah. Like even if your music is not interesting to me, if you are a megastar, I'm interested in that. Sure. So when this does come to streaming, and it will. Quite soon, I'm certain. I'll watch it on TV because I want to see what she's doing mm-hmm. with her with her with her performance, you know, situation. Uh, in the same way that I'm going to watch the Beyonce movie. Now, I'm a Beyonce fan, and I'm going to go see that movie <laughs> in the theater if I can, because it'll be after my hip surgery, right? And who knows if I'll even be able to get into them? If I'll even be able to go to a movie theater after that? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a Beyonce fan. Taylor Swift, I'm an observer of Taylor Swift. Sure. I can count on one hand the number of songs I know. I know Shake It Off. Mm-hmm. I know an early, early country song about something in the bleachers. Yeah, she's on the cheer squad, I'm in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, 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 that one. Yes. I, I, know, I knew that I, one. I know that one. I've heard it enough times to uh, know that I know what it is and that it's her. I forgot that I knew uh, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. I can't say that I know that one. I know one that I hear in Gary Cotty's car all the time about, uh, I've got a blank space and I'll write your name. Yes, yes. I don't know really much about it. Um, I know that might be all the ones I know. Yeah, and and I knew the one that had the gay video that all the gays were in. Do I know that one? You need to calm down. Uh-oh, Is that the one where uh-oh, she hugs, uh-oh, uh-oh. hugs Taylor? Uh, where she hugs Katy, Katy Perry, Perry at yes, the end? Yes. I watched that video one time, but I don't know that song. I, I, I was that whole thing was like I'm going to make up with Katy Perry in public because we yelled you, at each other in public exactly over who knows, who knows what. what Beyonce perhaps perhaps <laughs> they were fighting about Beyonce. Uh, yeah, no, I that video the video was the phenomenon at the time, and so like. Uh, and, and then I'd forgotten the song. And then when she did it in the movie, it's like, oh, it's this is the uh-oh, uh-oh song. I remember that. You know, <laughs> that's a hook. Here's what I remember. Here's the thing I, I think most about Taylor Swift. Country legend, the late, great George Jones, mm-hmm. insulted her in public one time. Oh! And I was like, Grandpa, you've got your, you've got your, your legacy, right? Behave. Be decent. Yeah. To this young woman who is sorting out her career. At least be subtle uh, sh- if you're going to be shady, like Aretha Franklin when she said, right. "Mini gowns, beautiful gowns." Do it right. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> so, um, and all that meant from Aretha Franklin was just I haven't paid attention to her. Yeah, that's all it meant. Yeah, it wasn't like I hate this person or no. I think she's worthless. Just not on her. my radar. Anyway, so I, I'll watch this when it streams. I. 
I, I got I got to rest. Um, <laughs> so look, between, I got to rest up for Killers of the Flower Moon. I'll tell you, she's not really on my radar either. But that's less about her and more about me being a complete dork. Our guest for this podcast ought to have been my niece Meg. Our yes. niece Meg. Oh yeah, she's a Swift. Oh for sure. Yeah. yeah. No 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 no. Yeah, she's super into it. Um. Uh, yeah. I listen to a lot of easy listening. Like, you know, it's true you do. Give Don't give, be ashamed of that. You know, get, you get, have old-fashioned taste in music. Give me like some, you know, Antonio Carlos Jobim I, yes. any day, you yes. know. Yes. Uh so so yeah, if, if I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, that is that is my failing and not hers. Um but yeah, no, you're right. As a phenomenon, she's interesting and this movie event was a phenomenon because like it just sort of it kind of quickly came out of nowhere and like other studios had to scramble and move their you know the exorcist was supposed to open this week get out of her way and then it was like no we're not right. going up against that you right. know so this was like this behemoth thing and you know i had to buy a ticket like even though it was playing at amc theaters it was not included in your a-list oh, membership you, just stubbed, you 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 being a, a, a prime a plus stubby didn't get a didn't get me a freebie on this a, one oh, no 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 i didn't know that yeah all right how um, much was that ticket 25 20 bucks. 25 bucks 20 25 yeah. bucks that's 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 a lot of money. But look, I'll tell you, <laughs> concerts are like you you can't concerts are like five hundred dollars. Yeah, you can't walk now, in right? the door under triple digits <laughs> these days. So like you know, um, and I'll say this: like you know, the thing about a film like this when it's done well, and this one is done well, is that it it gives you the energy and the 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 excitement of the show right up there. Right. You know the best the best front seat people did not get as good a look as you get in this movie. Right. You know, the nosebleed people watching the giant projection screens behind her never saw what you see in this movie. Right. Um, and yeah, so it is, it, it's the era's tour. And, you know, obviously the word era doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> Ask a geologist what an era is, you know. <laughs> um, but it basically is for the, for all of her albums. And yeah. each album has its own, look and outfit uh -huh. and you know microphone like it it, it it's very much in the, in the movie in the movie okay it yeah. is divided into these sort of like you know th there are a lot of visual cues are oh yeah because they she match just keep one single no. white microphone like barbara streisand no because they match the uh -huh. outfits <laughs> oh, oh i see yeah um right. so uh, it, it it is a two hour and 50 minute Taylor Swift concert and right. and it is a it, you know it was recorded at SoFi Stadium and here in some LA. Of the songs from the concert are not in the movie. Yes, a handful of them did not make it in. But you know when the physical media and or streaming situation happens, they're all going to be popped back. I in. suspect. I mean, somebody uh, somebody online was saying that like maybe the 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 financial arrangement of having to include like the Heim part would be too you know complicated or right, something i don't right. know we'll see what they work out you gotta you gotta shut those three out of their performance royalties <laughs> exactly <laughs> later heim they've had it too good for too long um so yeah so this i mean you know so for a concert that happened in august to be in movie theaters in october is already you know a, a feat um, and you know, we're, we're just coming off of the reissue of Stop Making Sense, which is a completely different kind of concert film and that right. like that one's so intimate and so focused on, uh, the performers in a way that you don't see the audience until the very end of that movie. Yeah, Whereas this one, the audience is constantly Always. there and there's, you know, cutaways and, and these like big sweeping sort of, you know, overhead shots of the whole packed stadium. Did you 
get up and dance to an undanceable song. Uh, I did not. I didn't get up at all. I did kind of chair dance a little to shake it off, which is one of the few songs that I really know which well. Which is a bouncy, fun song. Yes. But I take issue. Let's just, I'm going to take issue with the song for a moment. <laughs> oh. When one announces that one has a sick beat, <laughs> one must deliver a sick beat. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, again, apparently, if you like really know your Taylor Swift, that's the song you're like, whatever. You know, Christy was like, oh, I could happily. That's for the normies? Yes. Okay, Christy was like, right. I could happily never hear that again. I'm like, well, okay, then I'm a basic B because I was all over that song. And and in the audience that I was in, we the theater was about two thirds full because we went to Gary, a friend and neighbor Gary Cowdy and I went to see it at the Burbank 16. Yeah. And we were not in like the big IMAX house or the big Dolby house which I'm sure those were like filled up first. And so this was yeah. like kind of the, 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 you know, the, the spillover house, um, you know, kids and moms for the most part. And most everybody sat through things, but for the entire 1989 sequence, they were on their feet and was losing jamboree. their minds. Yeah. All right. And then they sat down again and then they got up for like karma, which was the very last song, which is from the new album. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, Did I look Gary get up and dance. No, but he was yelling out lyrics to the the, <laughs> the spoken word bridge rap whatever of, <laughs> of, of of shake it off and videoed himself doing it. That's 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 not embarrassing. Uh, you know what? It was <laughs> But it, there, there's no, no such thing as embarrassing. Uh, when you're in the audience, as he noticed, film, the, he, he noticed that the AMC pre-show on this one, you have the little like that red light swirling through people d drinking delicious Coca-Cola, right? And it, but they didn't have any of the like, don't talk, don't, talk, don't, don't text, text, you know. You're just gonna, yeah. The all bets film. are off we for don't this care thing. What you do. Um, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I, I look, I, I absolutely admire the stagecraft of the show itself. I admire the way that they shot and edited the concert. As a non-Swifty, though, it felt long to me. Well, yeah. Especially because, like, the 1989 part is so energetic and the a crowd was so into it. That feels like the natural end of the movie. Yeah. But then you get the acoustic set, and then you get the new album. And I'm like, oh, man, is, are we ever getting out of here? You well, know? you're the wrong man. I no, and I, I grant that. But if you if this is your thing and you are, like, all about I, it. When I watch this on streaming, what happens if I come away from it going, what have I been missing well all this time i just didn't know i want that for you no. to, and a new exciting thing so yeah if you know ever more from folklore this is your thing uh so do. check it out no way um all right let's 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 move forward we didn't even talk about the, the way she gives a hat away at every show apparently apparently so yes like and, top hat or something uh like no it's like a like a fedora e hat and in the movie oh, she, so something that you could wear when you go off on your your journey into the night Yes. Uh, so in the, in the movie version, she gives it to, they don't ID her as such, but it, Kobe it, it, Bryant's, Kobe daughter, Bryant's right? daughter, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, in, 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 on a regular day, they just give it to a randomly selected fan. Yeah, apparently, that, right? apparently her mom and or security pick someone from the crowd. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Like in Cobra Woman, when the Cobra Woman points at you. <laughs> and you get thrown to the volcano. And you get thrown to the volcano. <laughs> Taylor demands a sacrifice. <laughs> don't take the hat. You don't want to know what happens next. Uh, yeah. Oof. Okay. Uh, let's go the other direction. Okay. 
Let's talk about a movie that is 31 minutes long. Mm, yes. Strange Way of Life. Yes. The latest from Pedro Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is his the, his second film in English and his second short. Yes, uh, to be released theatrically, and in fact, they are currently together. They are currently being released on the same program. Together, Bill, uh, in select art house theaters yeah. in the U.S. right now. So if you go see this uh, in a movie theater, you can also see the Human Voice that stars Tilda Swinton. This yes. one stars Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal. As two middle-aged, former, like, desperados. Yes. And they are... Where is this set? The West. The West. (laughs) Yeah, okay. The the West, which is Spain, which is what the West was in all the Sergio Leone movies. (laughs) Right. And their lives have gone down completely different paths. Yes. Uh, Ethan Hawke has become the sheriff of this little town. And Pedro Pascal has kept on his gunslinging ways. And they get together and they uh, they embrace and they have a meal and they reminisce about old times and then they do it. Yeah, they do sex together, mm-hmm. like in the olden days yes. when they did a lot of sex together. Yeah, there's a really hot flashback to young them. <laughs> it's a like... very funny flashback, really, because it's like them and three women, and they start making out, and the three women are like. Okay, we're not needed here. Yeah, we'll let's move on. Yeah. But but before that, like they they shoot a couple of holes in a wine sack and they start like both drinking Everybody's from it. Everybody's drinking wine, and then they're making out as it's spurting all over their faces and yeah. bodies. All five of them, it becomes this very orgiastic thing. <laughs> um, but there's a problem. The next morning, after they've you know woken up and they've finished doing sex all night with each other. A problem comes along. Now, because this is a 30-minute movie, I'm not going to tell you what that problem is. I'm not going to tell you what happens in the final 20 minutes of the film. But it is a nicely little encapsulated short story about two people who come together for a reason they they think is, is, well, one of them thinks he knows why, and the other one knows why. Yeah. He is reminiscing about the past, but he also needs something right. from the other. And and that becomes the conflict of this little snack of a movie. Yeah, and and it is a snack in that it leaves you hungry for more. Like I I think there are a you full know, feature. Yeah. Like a full 90-minute feature. Yeah. I think would have been extremely satisfying. Mm-hmm. This is satisfying in the way that any Almodovar film is satisfying, as a as a as a sensory experience. Oh, absolutely! And as a, a an experience of beauty and fashion and melodrama. Yes. And but it's but it's like a coffee break. But, it's like a little tea time thing. But here's the thing. I mean, like the the short film is you know in and of itself a way of telling stories, like a short story. And very often, all you need is that 20, 25 minutes, and you've told a complete and then you thing wind and, up with your Raymond Carver esque ambiguous ending. Exactly. Yeah. And you 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 tie a bow on it, and then you move on. And this movie, to me, I didn't feel satisfied at the end because it felt like I was watching a trailer for a longer movie. Like I felt like there were so many more things to explore Mm. that the movie sort of teases and hints at, but we don't get. And so it it didn't feel to me like a sort of in the short film 
language like that it was complete and fulfilled that said i loved watching every second of it and look le being left wanting more is not the worst thing in the saint world. laurent had a budget and they said here's what you get yes this and is they said this film. thank you saint laurent yes they, for they the money and the costumes they did the costumes i guess they've got a whole gay western wear line they thing do not. happening is that what's that? Oh, no they, they do don't not. Okay. because the moment i came home i went to the saint laurent website and i looked at their uh most recent. Where are your flannel shirts? Runway <laughs> offerings for men, and uh, and the most recent and and all the the, the new the new stuff for sale on their site. Mm -hmm. Unless there's a very special capsule collection that is only in stores, and I won't be going to the store to find <laughs> out because uh, I do not wear uh, Saint Laurent. Yes. It is extremely expensive clothing, and none of it will fit us. And none of it would fit me anyway. Uh, the um, th these clothes. I believe were designed specifically for the film. The only thing I saw on the website was uh, like a, a neck kerchief that is sort of blocky colors mm. in a almost plaid right sort of way, like you would have seen on Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah, because he's the one who wears the colorful right. Know, the yeah, colorful yeah. Ethan Hawke is the man in black. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it, it's not like this is sort of a sponsored film where it's all about. The sponsorship, the the movie doesn't stop so that Amadovar can like show off a duster or anything. You know, <laughs> it, it it is very sort of organically subsumed in the into the action. But yeah, uh, you know, Hawk and Pascal have crazy chemistry, as do the people playing their younger versions. And you know, it, it's kind of cool to go out to a movie theater and see a short. And then if you didn't see the Human Voice, which we've previously reviewed on the show, it's great too. It's great. Yeah, uh, some dummies. Uh, at the up, up the street landmark sunset, walked in ten minutes into the film, and I thought, "Hey, stupid! <laughs> you've missed a third of the movie." <laughs> and then they sat down. Two people. They sat down and immediately started talking and <sighs> giggling because the moment they walked in was when the moment that Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal are getting it on. Yeah. And so they're like, "Oh, tee hee hee ha ha ha! Oh, we're in the wrong theater!" And they <sighs> got back up and left. Um, but, you know, it's always, in general, it's always good to walk into a theater where a movie is already happening and begin a conversation. And begin a loud I think we can all agree yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah. Cassandro, which is also in Spanish for the most part. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we all, I mean... It's in English and Spanish. Yes, but strange way, a, strange way of Life is not all in Spanish, by the way. Uh, well, some of it is. Some of it okay. is. Okay, some of this is another film that is in both English and Spanish. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Roger Ross Williams. The busy, busy the Roger busy, Ross busy, Williams. busy, Roger Ross Williams, who has previously made many documentaries, including the Supermodels, which is currently airing on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Uh, and Love to Love You, Donna Summer, Love which is currently on Summer, Max. God Loves Uganda. You, uh, he's got a lot of yeah. films. He's got another one belt. coming out before the end of the year. Yeah. This is his narrative feature debut. Yes. And it stars uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, as the uh, Mexican lucha wrestler, the lucha libre wrestler, Cassandro. Yes. A real person. Yes. Cassandro is a real guy. And there has been a doc about him. And there has been a documentary already about him. But Cassandro came along in the 1980s when there was a kind of, of, of lucha wrestler uh, called... Uh, Exotico. Uh, yeah. Meaning... The flaming queer. Yeah, that's basically what it what it meant to. And those characters 
those gay characters in in wrestling were were people you were meant to boo. Yes, they were the losers. They were the caricatured uh, stereotype. They were no get. match yeah. for the real men of right. the ring, and they were simply to be wrestling villains as as performance comedy foils. And along comes Cassandro, and he's you know he's a little short guy, mm. and his original name was something like. The moth or the the gnome, the mole. <laughs> I, I, I was the mole yeah. is what his name was in Spanish, and I don't know what that word is. Um, and he's dissatisfied with that. He's doing it, and he, he's gay, and he's having an affair with one of the other wrestlers who is married with children, played yeah. by Raul Castillo from uh, Looking and yes. from the uh, other movie. The that I'm uh, on the, right uh, now. the inspection. Yeah. And oh oh the the not not nocturnal animals we we, are, the, we the animals we the animals we the animals yes. that's you, that was the one I was trying to think of yes so Cassandro decides and this becomes his you know uh, his name is Saul yeah uh, Saul but he he invents a character called Cassandro an exotico but he's determined to make that character that wrestling character a winner a yeah. champion. Uh, and he demands that this be the case, and he doesn't get his way at first. But along comes a backer who basically pays the <laughs> the he, promoter to say, he wins, here's a lot of money. Right, and they, they see that the crowd loves Cassandro, and yeah. that's what makes the guy realize, oh, this could actually work. This, this might this be insane a way to, like, we could be the first to do this. Yeah. And the audience might like it and we might make a lot of money doing it. It was right. never about like gay pride. No, <laughs> it was about lucre. It, it was to Cassandro. Yes. He's, he was very much like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this the way I want to do yeah. it. No, the, for the this rest of the character is a winner. This character is a, is a money, champion. You know? And this film also be also stars, uh, Roberta Colindres, who has been in a lot of stuff. If you watched a league of their own, the TV series, she's on that. She's been in a whole bunch of stuff, and you might begin to recognize her name. Uh, she, if you saw the original Fun Home on Broadway, uh, she was part of the original cast. Oh, wow. She was on the show Vida. Oh, that, she was on Vida, that. right. And so she is someone whose face and name I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from because she's already got yeah. you know respectable credits to her name. But she plays uh, Cassandro's coach. Trainer. Trainer. Uh, Bad Bunny is also in this movie. Yeah, as a as a a a, a person in the periphery. I won't spoil it, <laughs> but he's very cool. Uh, and that dude is a movie star. He is. And he's about to be. I guarantee you. I haven't seen any other acting uh, stuff. He's I done saw him in. Is... I saw him in Bullet Train. Uh, which is a movie yes. that I did not like, but yeah. I remember him being like, oh, uh, this guy, and I didn't even know who he was. I was like, oh, who's this actor? He's so good. Oh, that's Bad Bunny. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> good on you. We're going to be seeing more of this guy, and now we are seeing more of yeah. him. So um, I really liked this. Yeah. It is a sweet and kind of unassuming film. There's nothing you know, uh, uh, cathartic about this trajectory. There's, there's no, we finally got to the big match and he's going to, you know, it's right. no, the big, the big moment near the end is he finally gets to talk to his father again. Yeah. After a long, long estrangement. 
and and you come to understand the role that even though his father you know pretty much abandoned him the role that he plays in Cassandra's lifelong you know goals about yeah. lucha yeah so um this is a very entertaining very kind-hearted and very uh affectionate film about this man who really like broke ground and did a thing that other people had been doing in a different way and he chose his path and he wasn't going to let anybody tell him no yeah and he succeeded if you need a feel-good story <laughs> here's one yeah because there are a lot of feel-bad stories out in the world right now uh i recommend this yeah no no it's terrific it's, it's uh, streaming on prime we also uh together we watched Rotting in the Sun. Yes. From Sebastian Silva. Now, the next Not movie, a feel good movie. <laughs> this movie is, I think this movie and, and Dick's the Musical, which we're also going to talk about. Uh -huh. These two films are a, a category of queer film that I like to refer to as not in front of the straight people. <laughs> <laughs> Must we? Must we? <laughs> not, not in front of the straight people, please. <laughs> they. They will have too many exhausting questions <laughs> that will make me tired it will when confirm, the film is over. It will confirm all of their worst ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this one more so than Dick's. Yes. Uh, but, um, so this is from Sebastian Silva, who, who uh, did Nasty Baby. Nasty Baby, The Maid, uh, and several other films. This is like his ninth, Crystal Fairy. His ninth feature film. Uh, and very much like in Nasty Baby, uh, he plays a version of himself. Uh, well, in Nasty Baby, he played a character. Right. In this film, he plays... Quote, unquote, Sebastian Silva. A man Silva. named Sebastian Silva. Yeah. And along comes the internet slash TikTok, Instagram, pandemic famous comedian Jordan Firstman playing a character named Jordan Firstman. So we have to talk about real life for a minute. Yeah. Sebastian Silva wanted to make this movie. And his first choice apparently was Michael Sarah, Right, who had been in Crystal Fairy. Yeah. And it would have been an entirely different film yeah. had that come to pass. But instead, he found himself in the company of... Jordan Firstman. And they did not like each other at all when they met. The real life director yeah. and actor. Well, now he's an actor. He began as an internet comedian slash influencer. And he had done some shorts because I met him back when I worked at Outfest. Outfest uh, yeah. So sometime before 2019 or before he was involved uh -huh. in some, some short films. But he, he made his name during the pandemic doing little comedy videos mm -hmm. on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm using all three of these words because I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never seen his internet presence. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know who he was until I saw this movie. I assume that means I'm 59 years old and out of it. Uh, that is entirely That's possible. okay with me. I like him in this movie, but here's what I learned from an interview that I read with the both of them. They're both really 
playing characters that are kind of close to themselves. I, yeah, I have to say, the, the Jordan Firstman of this movie jibes with the Jordan Firstman I've encountered a few times during my Outfest yeah. characters. And like if Michael Sarah were playing this role this way, it would be the the joke would be that he was he'd be like Neil Patrick Harris in in the Harold and Kumar movies. Yeah. <laughs> Silva found Firstman to be utterly obnoxious mm. and needy for attention. And Jordan Firstman is like, yeah, yeah, and what of it? Like that's <laughs> what I do. And and he wound up in the movie. Silva, for his part, apparently is very much like his character, uh, a bit of a downer, <laughs> and uh, not—he uh, doesn't—he not won't actually suicidal the way he is suicidal. in the movie. Uh, he is in the film. His character is in the film, uh, but he—he he, he himself will say, "I love psychedelics. I'm a stoner. I'm judgmental, and uh, you know, I'm difficult." And so that is the real the real stuff about him that's in the film. The other real stuff about him that's in the film is his brother, who mm-hmm. shows up about two-thirds of the way through. Uh, his dog, that's his dog uh-huh. in the movie. Uh, and those are his paintings and artworks, which is a, 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 apparently, according to what I read, kind of how he makes his living between movies because these very, very niche, raw indie films that he makes quite often, you know, in multiple languages, mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't, he ain't rich yeah. is what. <laughs> they don't uh, burn down the wickets. Come to understand. <laughs> so the story begins with Mr. Silva uh, wanting to kill himself. Yes. Uh, and instead going off to have a vacation at a gay beach where everyone is naked and everyone is, by the way, having absolutely unsimulated sex on camera. If that is something that you don't want to see, you do not want to see this movie because there's a lot of it, especially in the first mm, half. And if you're used to seeing movies where like nudism is happening and the camera very coyly like leaves things, you know, under the, the the under the screen, uh, this is yeah. Dick's not the musical exactly, okay. and and it, it it also I think it kind of reflects the thing of like when you're in that situation where you have to sort of remind yourself, oh yeah, my eyes are up here, yeah, but the uh, camera's the eyes camera is were like crotch level, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Diaz uh, Allende is responsible for exactly where the camera goes, whether it is in this this chaos of an apartment slash studio that feels increasingly claustrophobic and messy and disastrous yeah. uh, to the open air uh, uh, sexual like freewheeling wildness of this beach right um, so they meet on the beach they meet because Silva has jumped into the ocean to save a drowning person and then nearly drowns himself. <laughs> Jordan Firstman was the drowning person. Was the drowning person. And the minute they both come out of the water, after Firstman has almost killed both of them. Yeah. In this stunt or something. Or just just by, by sheer neglect. Immediately jumps onto Silva, not just out of horniness, but but 
because he wants to collaborate on an HBO project yes. that he's trying to work out. A really idiotic sounding uh, <laughs> yes, series. TV series called You Are Me. <laughs> what happens next? Something bad <laughs> happens next in the first 40 minutes-ish? Right? Yes, that in, that involves Silva's maid, who is played by... Catalina Saavedra, who is the star of his of film, The, the Maid. maid. And then the movie shifts yeah. into becoming something of a farce. A farce, a mystery, a mystery where you know the answer already, but the characters are trying to either figure out what's happening or hide or, it. Or hide it. But it's also mostly, I think, for me, a clash of two personalities who are uncomfortable with the fact that they share too much in common. Mm, yeah. One of them is distinctly an artist and one of them is distinctly a personality. Right. And they hate, I think, that quite often their motivations are similar. Yeah. And they they find each other obnoxious or insufferable or difficult. They or... dislike the pieces of themselves that they see in the other one. Mm. Yeah. Um and as the film progresses, you see Firstman becoming more and more like Silva to the point where one of his friends, one of his awful friends says to him, this is a quote, what's this new dark personality? It's unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found this movie kind of grating. And I, 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 because you found the characters grating or because the film didn't reconcile those things for you? I feel like the film has a point to make and it makes it and it makes it and it makes it and it makes it. And I think that goofing on the shallowness of influencer culture uh, is about the lowest hanging fruit there is right now. It is. I mean, yes, it is. Hallmark it is easy. Movies it's an it. easy it's an easy nail to hit with your hammer. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think the movie took it anywhere that was all that new or different apart from like you said the sort of quasi persona aspects of these dudes, you know, overlapping and similarity but like you know, th I wish this movie had been 25 minutes long and <laughs> And Strange Way of Life had been a feature. <laughs> See, I think you and I saw this in a flipped way. I think that the the mockery of it is based in their own participation. It's like a self-mocking. Mm -hmm. And that, I feel, is the base. And the meat of everything, no pun intended with all the body parts you see on screen, uh, the meat of it is this conflict of selves. Mm. I I thought it was funny. Um, I think uh, Catalina Saavedra, 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 Saavedra is she's the best thing in the movie, she, and she is also not uh, a side character. No, <laughs> she's she's one of the mains, and I'm not going to explain how or why. Just keep watching her. Don't don't think she's a supporting character when you start watching this movie. Yeah. That's the only hint I'm going to give you about how this all goes down. Yeah. Uh, I like the way it looks. I like the structure of it. I like the, the, the chaos of the, the framing. Um, I really also, uh, enjoy the, uh, the self-loathing qualities of everyone involved. Yeah. We don't see enough of that in queer cinema. <laughs> 
<laughs> so <laughs> I'm for it. I, I, I like this movie. Um, I know I, you and I sat and we were having a different time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like, Silva is very much a, you know, matter of taste kind of filmmaker. I know yeah. that people, there are people who love his stuff and people who just absolutely hate it. I have not seen, I don't think any of his other films, actually, so I don't have a take on him. Hmm. Um, but, like, I remember when we screened Nasty Baby at Outfest, like, there were some people who were mad. Well, yeah, yeah, because he is he is very willing to not be a pride parade. Yeah. He is an anti pride parade in in many ways, and I'm fine with that. But I but it, it I think that just that I'm with you in terms of like if you're going to give me like terrible gays, please yes, make them the terriblest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know. There was just thing about the 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 clanging bell of this that, that kind of worked my nerves after a while. Incidentally, my new book, Hollywood Pride, is coming out in May, and it's yes. available for pre-order now wherever books are sold. Yes. Okay, finally, we've got to wrap this up because we've got yes. to do things. Uh, Dicks, the musical. Yeah. Directed by Larry Charles, who uh, directed Borat and, and Bruno Re- and, and The Dictator. And, and Religulous. Religulous, yeah. Uh, he was a Seinfeld uh, writer back in the day. So they had Larry Charles and Larry David? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, this is based on uh, a, 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 a UCB. A UCB uh, what, what does UCB stand for? Upright Citizens Brigade. Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, two guys from UCB. New York. Uh, New York UCB. Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson. They were UCB guys who developed an off-Broadway musical called Effing Identical Twins. Yes. They are not identical twins. That's part of the joke of the show and the film. They play identical twins who discover that they have been separated since birth, and one parent took one, one parent took the other. This is a sort of deranged parent trap plot. Yeah, they conspire to get them back together so they can have a family again. Yeah, they decide to trick them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the joke is this. If you watched the original Disney film, The Parent Trap, and thought that both characters played by Haley Mills were insufferable little brats, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Doesn't make them any less awesome. Yes. But they were. And I've seen that movie so many times. Would watch it again right now. Love that movie. But they were insufferable little brats. The Lindsay Lohan starring remake, they were sweeter. Yes. They were Disney 90s. Nice. Cute and nice and, and, and kind. Spunky. Yeah. This is two 30-something uh, queer men who are horrible creatures. Yes. And and initially are, are you know, <laughs> the, because they are playing like super obnoxious, like straight guys. straight guys. Yeah. There's a, there's a title card telling you how brave they are that these gay <laughs> actors are taking on straight roles. So it turns out that their parents are played by Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally, uh, both of whom are giving it everything they've got. Oh yeah. And they are all under the spell of Bowen Yang, who plays God, who intervenes and comments and has a musical number, which, by the way, yes, this is a musical. There's a lot of music going on. Oh, yeah. There's show tune after show tune after show tune. Uh, one of them performed by Megan The Stallion, who plays their boss, the, the twins' boss at their job. And this movie is 100% stupid. 
in a way that I found immensely enjoyable. <laughs> a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, the, the screening that I went to, people were... I almost felt like I was watching Les Miserables where I was like surrounded by people who were loving the movie and I'm like, this isn't working for, for me. Yeah. And, and on paper, it is for me. Yeah. Like everything about it that you just said sounds like a movie I would totally want to see. Right. Everything I heard about it out of TIFF where it premiered was like, oh, this, yes, give me all of this absurdist musical with Bo and Yang as God and like, you know, all this stuff. You I just have a thing. And it's a thing that's a long time Oh, tell me about me. I love I'm going to tell you about you right now. This all started for you when our friend Aaron and I began watching The Mighty Boosh. And then uh, Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. A variety of other adult swim comedies. Yeah, although uh, Eric if they Andre. Were, they were animated. You were more into it, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah from which this very podcast drew its name and inspiration. Um, the Eric Andre show, you were also... So now now there's Tim Robinson, who you also look at and go, I don't understand why... I, I don't get the young happening. people's humor. And I think I, you, you, you and absurdism go this far. <laughs> and so it. much of the past 20 years of this kind of comedy yeah. goes not just that far, but in other weird tentacle directions that don't resonate with you. And it, it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with, I think, sensibility. Because I'm three years older than you, and I am, objectively speaking, a very old person on the verge <laughs> of getting senior discounts. And I find all of this stuff wonderfully and funny. And I mean, look, I grew and up on... again, stupid, stupid, stupid. I grew up on Monty Python. It's not like yes. I, 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 I can't I know. hack absurdity. But yeah, you're right. There's a certain streak of it uh, that, that they came together movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there are just certain things where I'm like, this isn't making me laugh and I'm just annoyed If now. I was going to liken this film to anything, it would be something like Wet Hot American Summer in that it has, it's on its own demented wavelength. Right. Well, they came together was another yeah. David Wayne joint. And so the 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 aspects of this that are that move out into the stratosphere are the Bone Yang as God, mm -hmm. um the the sewer boys. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I don't want to spoil it for you because they're delightful. <laughs> I, here, let me tell you what I like yeah. about this movie. Okay, what did you like? Uh, the Megan Stallion number is great. Mm -hmm. It's the one song that kind of stuck with me at all, apart from the final chorus of the final song, just because it's so wrong. Yeah. Um, Malali and Lane yeah. are, like you said, totally committing to mm -hmm. the bit and bringing just a lot of old school swagger to this. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fun to watch. I found the two leads instantly insufferable they are the moment they stepped on screen <laughs> they and, are and no 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 and, and and i get there's there's you're, you're not supposed to like these characters and that's fine <laughs> i found the performers both just like y'all aren't people i want to spend the next 90 minutes watching i'm sorry um i understand exactly what you're saying okay they are they are, as you said, they are insufferable. 
charmingly insufferable? If you say so. Ingratiatingly grating? <laughs> Is that a way? To, can you describe it They're that a way? walking fart noise. <laughs> they are. Um, and they're doing this, they're being this, while they're singing songs that sound like they could have come from Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> The first, the opening number yeah. is basically the genie singing, you never had a friend like me. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. Oh, that, that, I know what's happening Structurally, here. Yeah. yeah, this is absolutely musical. There's an I want song, like yeah. all of that stuff for yeah. sure. And um, super into it. Okay. I'm, I'm, most I'm people are. I'm super into it. I'm an outlier in this one. And I'm glad it exists. And it was made for $13. Oh, yes. And 10 of those dollars were paid to Megan Mullally. And Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, Lane and Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Uh, I no. I look. I'm glad this movie exists. I want weird films to exist and to be. And this to is be, a nice weird one. And to be released yeah. nationally by A24. You yeah. know, like yeah. I'm. I'm for all that. I just wish I liked this particular film better. I don't. But I don't begrudge anybody who does because again, I'm. I'm. I'm an old fart when it comes so to, we're going to a the lot tote of board. contemporary humor. I like this and rotting in the sun, and that means I'm great. Yes, and you're, you you're cool, and, and you're down with the kids. I'm very you're down. young. You're young. I'm young. I'm so young. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and now we gotta go. We do. We gotta go. We don't even have time for letters. No. We are moving, 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 yeah. so that you can move out the door. Exactly. Although while you're listening to this, he already moved out the door. It's true. All right. Uh, so yeah. Uh, again, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Knife. Go hear more oh, stuff speaking like of the this. Patreon. Um, if you are a Patreon person, you should know that for the next week, beginning on uh, October uh, 16th through the 24th, you'll be hearing stuff that we recorded uh, in advance, uh, a few things that we recorded in advance, I think, maybe one or At two, least one. I don't know, but we figured out a way that while we are both in Atlanta for the nephew's wedding, that we will be able to record while we are there. Yes. So if you, if you, there will be a, about a week of a dry spell where you're not going to hear Patreon stuff. Uh, and if you haven't been hearing Patreon stuff since the beginning of this month, it's because your card was declined. <laughs> so <laughs> whose fault is that? Not ours. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, there'll be a, 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 a a rush of it during the last week of October while we are sort of waiting for a wedding to happen. Yes. Which is why we're going. Uh, but yeah, to check out my stuff at the film verdict, go listen to breakfast all day. As we mentioned, uh, also maximum film on the maximum fun network and uh, deck the hallmark. Um, by the way, the uh, annual marathon for the launch of countdown to Christmas is happening on Friday, the 20th, starting at seven thirty Eastern time yeah. on YouTube, on the, um, Hallmark, uh, Deck Hallmark podcast channel. So check that out. I'm going to be doing that with them and other guests, and it's going to be crazy, and we'll be eating lots of snacks. Um, you can uh, follow this show on all the socials at Linoleum Cast, including Blue Sky, where I've started us a new account. Um, drop us a line at linoleumpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a five star review. We'll read it on the air. Thank you, Blue, for our wonderful theme music. Let's see what he's up to at bleu.bandcamp.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. We'll be back with more soon. And until then, goodbye. <laughs>